This podcast is brought to you by Aldis International, supplying your expert AI and digital transformation staffing needs across the US and Europe. Today, you are listening to our AI in Action series, where leading minds in AI from across the world share their story, success, and advice. AI in Action cuts through the hype and explores the true impact of artificial intelligence in our world today. You're listening to AI in Action. I'm your host, JP Valentine. Our guest today is Justin Wynn. Justin is the head of CS Data Engineering and Analytics at Chewy. Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks, JP. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Yeah, we're delighted to have you. So, Justin, let's jump straight in. We want to learn about yourself first and foremost. So, can you talk to us about where your path in AI and ML begin, some of the roles and early projects that you're involved in, and, and what's led you to where you are today? Yeah, certainly. So uh, like you said, my name is Justin Lin. I currently work at Chewy. Chewy is an online pet e-commerce company, very, very rapidly growing. And what I do for Chewy right now, I support all of the data engineering and analytics projects, very heavily focused on Chewy's customer experience. It's really what we're known for. And I provide a lot of the insights, a lot of the data, a lot of the strategy around how to improve that customer experience. Prior to Chewy, I worked at 7-Eleven. I was senior director and head of enterprise data. We had a very massive data ecosystem there and basically was supporting pretty much every business unit at 7-Eleven. And then prior to that, I was in a mix of different jobs. I did a little bit of software engineering, did a little bit of consulting, and yeah, I picked up just a lot of random skills along the way. So Justin, I want to learn about you and your background first and foremost. Can you talk to us about your background in AI and ML, where it began? What were some of your first ML projects? And then walk us through your career history and some of the interesting roles that you've held prior to joining Chewy. My formal education was actually in engineering. When I was in my last semester of graduate school, I took a class called Game Theory and Multi-Agent Modeling. And that actually ended up being my favorite class I've ever taken in my, throughout my life. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I was in my last semester of grad school. So it's too late to make any, any changes or any decisions. So fortunately, my first job out of school, I was able to do a lot of data and software engineering projects. And that helped me sharpen my skills. That also let me start getting more and more into, into AI and ML. Now, one of my, one of my first and favorite ML projects. It was actually when I moved to Texas close to 10 years ago. So uh, I moved to Texas. For those of you listening who live in Texas, you know that hunting and fishing are very popular out here. For me, I decided to pick up a fishing. And so basically what I, when I first started, it wasn't very pleasant. It's very hot, very humid in Texas. And if you're not catching fish, you're getting eaten up by bugs. So I decided to make myself a machine learning algorithm actually to try to predict when was the optimal time to go fishing? And basically I wrote a program that pulled in forecasts from NOAA, things like wind speed, wind direction, temperatures, pressures, all of that solidity, and then predicted, oh, tides as well. And then predicted basically when was the optimal time the next tent to go fishing. And so that was one of my early ML projects. So then it really just took off from there. I figured out ways to automate a lot of work using ML in my day-to-day -day job. Then eventually I went back to graduate school specifically just for AI and ML, and then now I'm doing it full time. 
Excellent. Really cool story and quite an interesting start to what has been a, an amazing few years. Prior to Chewy, you ran a, a pretty substantial size data group at 7-Eleven. Do you want to give some insight into that work as well? Because I know when you were talking to me about it, I found it fascinating. I was quite taken aback by just how advanced the AI and data work was at 7-Eleven, a lot of which is directly responsible to you, your origins. I think what's, what was so impressive about 7-Eleven is just the scale. It's a massive organization, multinational organization, and certainly a lot of opportunities there for automation, for predictive analytics, and ultimately just trying to ensure that we produce a unique customer experience that was very well tailored, very well personalized. And yeah. some of the projects that we worked on were things around like recommendation engines. We had multiple ways of delivering products. So then. The other thing also is at a store level, every 7-Eleven store is very unique. There's different merchandising, there's different store features. And again, just trying to figure out kind of form fitting the best approach and optimizing what was best for the customer versus what we could provide in the store was a lot of what that work and focus was centered around. Very cool. Very cool. And you mentioned, look, you're leading the data and an engineering function at Chewy, but outside of work, you're still working on some really cool and interesting projects related to AI and ML. In particular, the project that you worked on last summer, you presented at MIT using computer vision to monitor your newborn baby. Can you tell us more about that, mm. what the idea was behind it and what the reception was when you presented it to MIT? Like many first time dads, I was very nervous, had a lot of anxiety and wasn't exactly sure what to do either. Certainly one of the first things that I'm sure many people can relate to is to search the Search the baby market to find the best products, including baby monitoring products. And then eventually I came to the conclusion that I would build my own. And so what I did was I installed an IP camera above her crib. I was pointed down looking at her and just basically making sure that one, the color of her cheeks were within the right range. And then on, I could also figure out whether or not she was awake or sleeping by using object recognition to find her eyes and then see if they were open or closed. And so this was a computer vision application I home built and then just installed in my daughter's room, all for the sake of just making sure that uh, she was okay when I wasn't in the room. Love that. I love that. See, look, you've found very interesting ways to incorporate AI into your everyday life, not just with the baby monitoring system, but there was another story you were talking about which was labeling your wife's garden and then detecting when you're out of beer in your refrigerator. What's inspiring <laughs> you to do all of this stuff and how is it working? Just how integrated is your life within AI? Yeah, for, so what inspires a lot of this is really just really a deep passion for learning. I think some people learn by watching, some people learn by reading. For me, I learn by building. I just, I need to learn how things work. And then it also helps me understand how things don't work what not to do, how do things break or what will break a certain thing. That, that's really a lot of the inspiration is I'll just, I'll see a need and then I'll see a capability and then I'll learn how to build that capability by doing exactly that, by building that capability. The wife's garden was, <laughs> that's a fun story. So basically that was a little bit of a precursor to, to my daughter. My wife and I, we could, we could not figure out and settle on a baby name. She liked more of the kind of classical, traditional baby names, while I liked more contemporary ones. And basically what had happened was I decided that I would build an algorithm to try to make the best of both worlds. Of course, my wife very wisely said, your AI is not going to name our baby. And so what I decided to do, I downloaded 50,000 of the most common names from the Social Security Administration. Anyone can go on the website and download it. And then I built a genetic algorithm and used basically just a very simple base probability 
predict the next most likely two, three, four letter sequences. And I took her list, I took my list, I mashed them together and came up with, came up with names. And so I tested this out with naming her garden. For those of you who do gardening, a lot of times you'll see those little wooden labels that they stick in the soil. Uh, so some of the names that, that came out for her garden, she had a couple of tomato plants. One of them was Tomatron. The lemon tree was named Lemeline. She had two jalapeno plants. One was Mary Peno, another was Gary Peno. And the whole idea was that she was going to go out there. She was going to see these names. She was going to really like these names. And then I was going to tell her that an AI named her garden. So that's the story behind that. And then the beer in the refrigerator, that was an early computer vision project when I was teaching my computer vision and just experimenting around with object recognition. The need for that basically came to basically stemmed out of going to the grocery store. And if you're anything like me, you're going to show up to the grocery store and you're not going to remember anything that you need. It's just, it's already a challenge navigating the grocery store, at least for me. And so trying to remember all the things I'm supposed to pick up is also a challenge. So the idea was to basically have a grocery list automatically generated and it would be determined by what isn't in my fridge. And so in order to do that, I set up a, another IP camera inside of my fridge. It was a pretty, it's just a basic, simple outdoor security camera because it needs to one with the elements, then two see in the dark because most of the time your fridge is dark. And then it would basically just object recognition to see what's in my fridge compared to a list of what isn't in my fridge and then generate this grocery list. And early on, I was testing it with beer. I would leave a beer out in the middle of my fridge, uh, basically run this program, see if the program could tell me whether or not it's all beer bottle. And so that was a fun project as well. You are listening to the Aldis Podcast. When you're looking to scale your team, or if you are interested in showcasing your company in a future episode, reach out today. Or if you're in the market for a new role, visit our website to view open positions, www.aldis.com. So, so Justin, AI in some form is almost 24 seven for you. It's alive and well in your home. It's what your job is day to day. So how are you making time to, to select what you want to explore and learn and play with. For instance, like when you look at the landscape of new and emerging technology, what excites you? Let's, let's take chat GPT, your assessment of that. Is that something that you're actively playing with? Is it worth the hype? And how do you identify new technologies that you want to start around with? Yeah. So I think first off, there's a ton of applications for AI. In terms of deciding how I incorporate it or what I work on, it actually, it has to do exactly what you said, it has to do with time. Not everything should and in, in, in must use AI, but if it's a task or a responsibility that can save you time, then, you know, it's definitely worth doing and it's definitely worth applying AI to save you time. As an example, when you're at the grocery store and you don't know what you need in a matter of seconds, you can get that grocery list if you were to use AI. So I think in terms of what you, you know, what you use and what you don't use and Think of it in the, sake, in the sake of time. Yeah, it takes some time to build, but in the long run, it will save you time. <clears throat> On the topic of ChatGPT, I think I'm very impressed with ChatGPT. I think what's general, we've all gotten to a point where we trust and we believe and we use AI to solve problems, but the problems that AI solves are very narrow. They're very specific use case. So I think that's what makes ChatGPT so impressive is that you can ask it a broad range of questions and it will respond pretty well. Certainly very, very excited about ChatGPT. I think it is 
certainly worth some hype. I don't know if it's worth all the hype, but using that kind of time-saving philosophy, I think is certainly very useful for things like a writing aid or just helping piece together thoughts in a way that's coherent and providing that fluid response. I think it's certainly very useful. Indeed. Justin, I want to circle back around then to finish talking about yourself, your role currently, and get just get your take on what you're most excited about for the next two years. So Chewy, you know, for anyone who's a dog lover, Chewy is a well-known brand, but people listening may not be as familiar with Chewy. It's got a huge investment into AI data and analytics, it's got a, a very highly regarded technology team. So as the main leader of that group, when you look at the roadmap for your own career over the next one to two years, what are you most excited about to be working on? I think um, just in general, I'd Chewy and then, especially at Chewy and then across the industry, I think more and more people are starting to not just adopt and leverage data, but start using it in ways that are more proactive and more strategic. When you think about the, just the journey of data maturity, you can tell by how mature an organization is by when they start to incorporate data into their decision-making. As an example, early on, a lot of organizations would use data in hindsight, right? They would make a decision and then they would look back at the data to if that decision was a good decision. Fast forward, and then you'll start to see organizations that will use data during their decision-making. So maybe they're trying to figure out which markets to open up a new product. They'll examine data and use data to make that decision. And then where we're getting to now and where more and more organizations are getting to is using data proactively to find those decisions. And I think that's what's got me most excited is I think data, it's sailing great when it can, it's aligned with domain and subject matter expertise. When you're able to introduce data to uncover and find those certain decision points or certain inflection points that you weren't thinking about before. That's what's got me most excited going into the future. Justin, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us. Great to learn about your background, your journey in particular. It's such an interesting one because it was spawned by curiosity and technology and how you could make it work for you. And that's clearly still alive and well based on the recent life projects that you're working on, whether it be for baby monitoring safety or just fun stuff around inventory of your fridge. Obviously, you're working with an incredible group at Chewy who have a fantastic reputation for investment in their data organization. And yeah, great to get your insight on what's in store. So thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us today. And we look forward to having you back on the show again in the near future. Awesome. Thank you, JP. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aldis Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and any Android podcast of choice. You can also head over to our website, www.aldis.com, to listen to more podcasts, view our open roles, and stay up to date with industry news. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more great episodes coming very soon.